Well, here we are at episode 21 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. I am Jake. Sitting next to me is my accomplice and co-host, Evan. Hello. We are coming to you again from the Chateau de la Evan. Bonjour. <laughs> That's, oh, gosh. We're already, we're already with the accents. This was, in hockey news, relatively quiet week in like yeah. actual on-ice product. It was the world around hockey and absorbed by hockey that lost its goddamn mind (laughs) yeah it was also another week where we recorded on sunday and then turn around first thing monday morning and go god damn it news big news happened again while we're editing the episode yeah we almost recorded midweek and then we both forgot about it until it was too late (laughs) evan texted me on friday and was like so i'm guessing we're not going to record this midweek and i was like there's a zero percent chance of this and it's still going to be around sunday we're fine yeah totally so what happened monday the big news is artemi panarin was accused by his former khl coach of roughing up an 18 year old girl while in riga latvia roughing up might be putting it nicely for what the several powerful blows was the phrase that the felled to the floor by several powerful blows was the phrase attributed to his let's just say disgraced former coach well first off we joked a couple episodes ago about panarin posting to instagram in uh, support of alexei navalny the kind of lone challenger to putin who's not even much of a challenger anymore because he's just perpetually in jail and not passing go and not collecting 200 dollars or 200 rubles which is like four dollars <laughs> you know it was liked by several other russian nhl players most notably not alex ovechkin or Evgeny Malkin. But what happened, we never would have guessed or predicted would actually transpire. And obviously, this is an evolving story. And this comes out about a week or so after it. And we haven't had any big movement in the story yet. Suffice to say, for the time being, our tenemi Panarin should likely stay on the ground floor of all buildings and away from any windows. Yeah, we don't want an accident to happen where his car accidentally explodes yeah no moving vehicles sorry you know maybe beef up that security detail they called it the the rangers said that he's taking time away from the game i think he's in hiding is what's really actually they said he's in connecticut and maybe that's where he lives i don't I, i don't track where nhl players live yet however in this case hopefully the kgb is not also tracking where nhl players live They probably are, but like really poorly. There was this big story that came out about the, I think it was the attempted hit on Navalny and the KGB is like terrible at covering its tracks. And so they traced flight records and rental car data and text messages and stuff that they could get for a relatively reasonable price on the dark web and kind of pinpointed these Russian toxin team, just these American reporters kind of figured their shit out. I mean, I know the CIA is not much more competent, you know, like Bay of Pigs thing, but yeah. <laughs> well, the Bay of Pigs thing was 60 years ago. Yeah. I'm, trying I'm, to kill Navalny was 
three years ago. I'd say the CIA has gotten better if we don't have any more. I guess there's a mm-hmm. like the Iran-Contra affair, maybe. They're really good at we don't have, bringing crack into the inner city. We don't have some big recent fuck-ups from the CIA that we know about, which I Scooter think... Scooter Libby, but that was purely political. Scooter Libby <laughs> was pardoned by fucking Donald Trump. Of course. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to bring kudos to the cia <laughs> i don't really either but the Whatever. cia to the kgb sort of seems like the nhl to the khl like the like the kgb like gets paid in like bags of cash and you know their fourth line toxin team starting center is somebody's disgraced son that couldn't finish college so i misspoke 200 rubles is not four dollars it's two dollars and 68 cents <laughs> But yeah, to dig into this accusation against Panarin even further gets more ridiculous as you dive into it. And we want to sort of start with a caveat that, you know, generally in these things, uh, we believe the accounts of survivors and accusers if, if there's any sort of shred of credibility to them. But as we'll get into in this case, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of credibility to this, nor does there seem to be an active accuser. Um, this came out in an interview with Panarin's former coach, Nazarov. And first, you know, he slimes Panarin for playing poorly and supposes he was kind of saving his energy for later. And while in Riga, Latvia, staying at a Radisson, they, after this game, go to the bar. And so I guess Panarin went to uh, went to the Radisson bar, hopping the club with teammate Misha, who was only drinking juice. So obviously, you know, he kept his wits about him. Well, I know when I go to the bar, I just sit down. I'm like, can you give me a grapefruit? And they're like, well, what would you like in that grapefruit? And I'm like, no, just a whole grapefruit. I would like to just drink the juice for the rest of the night. Yeah. So they accuse Panarin of dropping this 18-year-old citizen of Latvia, who apparently doesn't have a name, but they know she's Latvian and her age. And then apparently the police came and arrested him and charged him. He went to court, but apparently the whole thing was made to go away for a tidy payment of 40,000 euros. Which, before we move on, let's point out that Artemi Panarin was fucking nobody at this point. Right. He hadn't been drafted. He was not on an NHL radar. He was not the star right. player for this team. He was just a guy. The, the point there is that nobody's paying 40,000 euros to get charges for Artemi Panarin dropped at right. this point in his life. So this interview happens in what? Sports.ru or something. And then it's picked up quickly by a newspaper called Lenta. And Lenta was formerly known as an independent news source. But in 2014, had a pretty aggressive shakedown and restructuring and is considered pretty pro-Kremlin at this point. They were re-educated. And Sent they, to Gulag. Yeah. And Lenta references a report in a Ukrainian newspaper, Komsomolskaya Pravda. But this report has yet to be found. And why would a Ukrainian newspaper be the source of a supposed vicious attack that happened in Latvia Mm -hmm. to a player who at the time was a nobody? Yeah, and this Nazarov guy, he seems to be quite the character. So he's a former NHL player, specifically NHL enforcer. According to Slava Malamud, a highly regarded Russian expat journalist, Uh, covering Russian sports in Baltimore. He's a noted Putin supporter, and he's said that 
foreign athletes should be jailed for criticism of Putin in Russia, and he has a pretty poor reputation. According to the Hockey News, his KHL coaching career has been marked by a series of ugly incidents, including attacking the opposing team's fans with a stick and hospitalized his team's doctor following a physical altercation in the dressing room. So obviously this guy has the capability to go malice in the palace on people. I assume he's not exactly to be believed for these allegations he's an even more intense patrick wah <laughs> also really important to say that a number of teammates players who were mm -hmm. on that team have said that this in no way shape or form happened yeah or One at least player, they could, they didn't know and you know they would have probably known and panarin didn't seem like a guy the type mentally or physically like he's he's like was probably 130 pounds soaking wet. And again, it, it's important to point out that this doesn't mean he's not capable of physically harming a woman. No. Like, and if there were a victim in this situation, we would absolutely be saying, okay, let, we need to listen to their story. We need to listen to corroborating stories to try and figure out what's happened. As of right now, though, this person doesn't exist. And all the corroborating evidence says this never happened. The only piece of evidence that says this happened is this disgraced former coach. <laughs> this one guy. Who is ardently pro-Putin and loves to put people in a hospital talking shit about Artemi Panarin. <laughs> right. That's it. Four players have come out and said that they didn't exactly believe it. The KHL has no record of this happening. The hotel has no record of this happening. There are no police records whatsoever of this happening, which even if you pay somebody 40K to get out of a court or out of a sentence, there's still records of the crime happening. Right. So it's uh... And he specifically, the coach specifically said that the police came. So if uh -huh. the police came, theoretically, and I don't know how Latvian police work, maybe it's a little dodgy over there, but there's still some sort of record out there that should say, oh, yes, this person, Artemi Panarin, pushed or shoved or punched or maliciously assaulted this person we have a name it's yeah and either that 40,000 euros really got put to use effectively or this maybe never happened so you know a lot of people have been supposing that Putin is behind this but there's just a decent chance that this is just one wig nut speaking out of his ass trying to curry favor yeah exactly you know just in the way that fox news would kind of cater to donald trump yeah. in order to then get more airtime and and get closer to his circle this could exactly be that this coach is basically lou dobbs but <laughs> without the hockey career or the ability to like be an nhl enforcer lou dobbs would lose what's left of his skin pigment if faced with a physical altercation of any shape or form yeah so what also kind of makes sense in this scenario is the fact that panarin is not only an outspoken fan of Navalny, but other or NHL Russians had kind of gotten behind him and, and liked his stories about Navalny and, and whatnot. And Putin has a penchant for going after these types of figureheads to send a message, especially ones that have family in Russia and possible, you know, sort of collateral damage that he can threaten. I didn't realize this until the story came out, but Malkin playing in the NHL happened sort of like how a lot of the Soviet Russians happened. He was sort of coerced into signing another year in on with his team in Russia and they tried to get him to not be able to leave and threatened him took his passport and so he 
essentially defected the way that we think of Cuban baseball players or... Alexander McGillney. Yeah, thank you. You know, the way that he did in the early 2000s. This stuff isn't very under the rug. Like, it's still very contentious to leave Russia just to play hockey in the NHL. So one wonders if maybe a sham investigation is the way that Russia would up the ante on Panarin. If this were... Putin or a a government situation, Mm -hmm. if this was orchestrated by the government, which let's be upfront here, there's also no link, no tangible link. There's no evidence that this is that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. This is probably just some douchebag coach (laughs) thinking, oh, this is how he'll curry favor with Vladimir Putin. I'd be general in Red Army. (laughs) First off, the Red Army doesn't exist anymore. You're just a dummy. Second off, Putin doesn't give a shit or need you. He's got everything he wants, and he's also one of the richest fucking guys on the planet. So just like if there was a female victim in this case, we would be more apt to think that this was a real thing that actually happened Mm -hmm. and would want to hear the story from this woman. There is no evidence. Since there's no victim, we are apt to not believe it. it. There's also no link to Putin or the Russian government in this case. Yeah. So I'm apt to not believe it. It is really fun to think that this is what keeps Putin up at night is oh, yeah. star hockey players who are anti him. But he's also got Ovi in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. And he can trot him out as like Putin's warhorse whenever <laughs> he wants. So like he does he really need Artemi Panarin? Yeah, but he also loves to just turn the screws on people and and stick it to whoever he can. So, you know, sometimes literally a screw. (laughs) Yeah. And it could just be opportunistic. It could just he jumps on this. He's like, oh, yeah, there's definitely something going on with that Artemi guy. Well, because if there's an investigation, then the NHL probably has to respond. The NHL did respond. Well, I mean, the NHL probably has to respond in more a measured way. Yes, the the Rangers and the NHL both came out with pretty heavy-handed statements in defense of Artemi and saying that these are politically motivated charges and there's no base to them. And having this story essentially sit for a week, we kind of have the opportunity to wait and see if an accuser came forward, if more specifics came out. But instead, it's more like this shuddering silence of lack of evidence this really sucks for one my fantasy team because i literally traded for artemi panarin the day before this happened but and and who did you trade for artemi panarin jack eichel who doesn't give a (laughs) fuck right now so that's that worked out who also missed games this week so what an awesome trade but really this this sucks for artemi panarin and his family and i think they're the people who we really need to be paying attention to obviously if this is true and it's it's not just if it's if this is true <laughs> if with giant air quotes how how sarcastic can i say if if this is true then mia culpas are on the way for a lot of people including the rangers mm-hmm. if a victim comes out that's something that needs to be taken seriously but until that point this is a fictitious thing this is bullshit hopefully artemi can come back play and- hockey and like put his mind to something constructive and hopefully his family in Russia and here in the United States are okay. Yeah, again, there's there's no reporting coming out saying that anything has been attempted or anything has been done towards Artemi's family. So hopefully that continues. We obviously don't want anything negative to happen to them. But really, like... 
people just need to shut up. <laughs> I feel like I say that once a week about somebody being dumb. And in this case, I'm saying it about a Russian goon. And hopefully he doesn't come tell me to shut up. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, I mean, uh, Russian is the third most spoken language in Oregon, in the, I think. In the, in the Portland metro area. And I get like yeah. a, a Russian diaspora Oregonian coming after you. After I graduated from grad school, I was unemployed for a number of months. And then I got this like pyramid scheme job that I worked for two months. Cutco? Basically. No, it was selling office supplies door to door. And so I was up in, I think, Battleground and went to this Russian church. And I knocked on the door and this guy opens the door. I was like, hi, I'm here from this company I was wondering if you, whatever my pitch was, like, do you need discounted office supplies to make your (laughs) enterprise run? Well, the guy clearly understood me, thought for a minute, and then responded in Russian and was like, refused to speak in English. I'm like, (laughs) I know you know what I'm saying. But then like a car showed up and these two guys got up and like walked towards me. And I was like, I don't trust this. Well, have a nice day, sir. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And they were probably just normal people who were just there. Bring him some borscht or something. Borscht is kind of awesome, too. It is. I I no joke. This isn't a borscht story, but I bought a jar of kimchi. Mm -hmm. And while I was cooking breakfast yesterday, I ate half of the jar of kimchi. (laughs) Getting back to this, hopefully Artemi can resume some semblance of a normal life here in the coming days and weeks. And have fun. Like As a player and a person... His MO is just fun. He's a guy who puts YouTube videos of him stick handling with his dog in his apartment, and it's adorable. He's the bread man. Hopefully it turns out to be nothing, and those who have been affected can resume their normal lives. You know who's resuming a very normal life? A very sedentary life? Claude Julian. And Kirk Muller, the now former head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. You are persona non grata. Nothing like saying a Latin phrase with a French-Canadian accent. So Claude and Kirk were fired this week by GM Mark Bergevin after a series of, say, less than savory results against Ottawa. That seemed to be the final straw. They've been replaced by Dominic Ducharme, who's never been an NHL head coach. What an awesome French-Canadian name, too. Yes. Like, Dominique Ducharme, whose last name literally translates to of the charm. Well, hopefully he's got the winning charms because Montreal is on a fucking tailspin right now. They've lost five in a row. They look awful. Carey Price is basically a sieve. He has a 3.13 goals against average and a .888 save percentage this season, which are both well below his career uh, numbers. And that contract is looking real great right now. Six years after this, and it's like 10.5, I think. Your assertion that people should not pay over 10 for a goalie is... You shouldn't pay over eight for a goalie. Yeah, whatever number. You know, you shouldn't overpay for a goalie. That's going to be a boat anchor, and Jake Allen is going to be left to pick up the pieces. Uh, Hopefully, Jake Allen gets some play out of this, because he's actually been playing reasonably well this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Much better than the high-priced option. Ah, I see what you did there. So, hopefully he can kind of help Montreal out of this. You and I had high expectations for Montreal going into the season. Obviously, so did Mark Pergevin. It's going to be really interesting to see what course this team takes for the rest of the season. They 
are in a division that's wide open, except for the Canucks, mm-hmm. probably Ottawa. Although Ottawa has looked pretty good in the last two weeks. Yeah, while beating Montreal. <laughs> we, you and I kind of, I think, both agreed that Montreal had the best offseason of any team. Mm-hmm. And they certainly looked it for the first couple of weeks of the season. Especially we were, whenever they were playing Vancouver. Yeah, we were talking about like, oh, Bergerman for GM of the year, blah, blah, blah. Like Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson, both looking like studs. And now? Eh, not so much. Yeah, it's like two weeks later, they've hit rock bottom. And, and fired a coach. I mean, losing twice to Ottawa in a row will do that to you. There's just been a lot of disappointing players for Montreal this year. It's I don't know if it, they're not working cohesively. Sometimes it takes some time for a team to kind of come together as a unit, especially when you're bringing in as many new faces that are expected to be part of the, the solution for that team. So you bring in Toffoli, you bring in Josh Anderson, you've got young players in Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Kukkaniemi who are you're hoping or expecting will take a big leap forward this year. That hasn't happened so much. Tomas Tatar has been benched for games this year. Yeah, he looks like ass. All of the wheels have seemingly fallen off in Montreal. And at this point, I, re- I really don't see them making the playoffs. And I don't think anybody is like completely out of the picture yet for the playoffs. But they would have to have a really big turnaround yeah, to, to well, get back into it. Yeah, after time, having and such it has a hot to be start. immediate. Toronto apparently isn't going anywhere. Edmonton has had a good year. Yeah. Uh, Calgary has started to turn it around as of late. Winnipeg is, is just kind of holding steady up there. I mean, is the opportunity there for them to make the playoffs still? Absolutely. The talent is there still. They absolutely can turn it around. As you were saying, sometimes it just takes some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything will be just fine. Everything will be all right. What if we both had bowl cuts and looked like the singer from Jimmy World? That would just be me from the 90s. (laughs) I had like the side part bowl cut. Oh, really? Yeah, because I have a cow or had a... When I had hair, there was a cow look right there. Yeah, I, I still have have that and had a side part bowl cut you know to pair with my like michael jordan bulls everything uh we still have a picture of me in like a boy scout uniform with just the quality of a bowl cut in the 90s that probably belongs in a museum i was probably working a michigan starter jacket Mm. and you still have that it might be at my parents house somewhere that's come full circle you know what also might come full circle what starter jackets and bowl cuts and the NWHL finals. We Hell might get an yeah. Isabel Cup final. The NWHL, this had kind of leaked out on Twitter again. The NWHL, not so great at controlling the flow of information or creating a flow of information. Yeah. <laughs> but this leaked out on Twitter about a day and a half beforehand. But the NWHL released a statement saying that they were still exploring avenues for completing this year's Isabel Cup, which would be outstanding. They said that they hope to have more information Shortly, getting that fin- finalized, getting that finished off, and actually crowning a champion this year would be a massive milestone for the NWHL. Yeah, especially because previously they got the Isabel Cup final canceled because of COVID. So they'd be going on essentially two seasons of not awarding a cup because of COVID. I bet they're feeling like they just have to persevere here. And, you know, they're promised some major airtime. And had some pretty good response to the 
Wubble on Twitch. I'm excited for them to have the opportunity to finish this off and hope we get to watch. And we're not exactly sure how they're going to go about it. Last night when I was typing this out, I was like, oh, it'd be great if they had three game series or like five game series and had everybody take part that's just not we're, we're looking i think at one and dones hopefully like elimination hockey which is exciting it doesn't always produce the best results but i'm looking at you college hockey tournament mentally <laughs> double men's college hockey tournament if they are able to play this out over a couple of weekends that would be super cool uh, and i i do hope that all six teams are able to participate you know the riveters and the whale left the wobble early but when they left they were both in that top four yeah that was hard and so it would be a bummer to see those two teams not able to compete i would love to see like a three versus six four versus five kind of play in and then those the winners of those two games play i would think it was toronto and minnesota were the top two teams at the closure of the wobble which is kind of what we do in beer league isn't it for like a tournament right yeah yeah, so, and hopefully those games can be broadcast on NBCSN. NBCSN does look like they're still committed to airing women's hockey games, including they are going to air a PWHPA game on March 6th from Chicago. Um, that is being hosted by the Chicago hockey team. <laughs> is that just going to be the moniker for now? Until they pick a non-racist mascot, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll still call them Blackhawks, but I, I think that's funny. I, well, Plague Masks from last week I thought was a really good one. But <laughs> but they like also are... Plague Falcons. Oh. There's also a game today, a couple hours after we finish recording this. Uh, it's going to be at Madison Square Garden, and it's going to be broadcast on NHL Network and Sportsnet 360. That That is hosted by the New York Rangers, mm-hmm. supposedly. The Rangers get to keep their moniker because it's not <laughs> racist. I bet it's like secretly somehow racist. Like Probably. It, re- it refers to some, you know, colonialist thing like white man on range equals ranger. I don't know. Probably. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, they always have the Power Rangers to go back to, though. Yeah. it's They'll change their colors to pink, black, white, or was it pink, black, yellow, red, and blue? Were the original ones, and there's a green ranger and a white ranger. The other two are going to be on March 6th and 7th. Those will both be at the United Center in Chicago. The March 6th game will be broadcast nationally on NBC Sportsnet, which will be a huge boon for women's hockey. The game on NBCSN is going to be commentated and hosted by an all-female crew with Kate Scott and AJ Malesko doing the game itself. Catherine Tappan will be hosting. There might be uh, male kind of co-hosts in in the pregame but Mm. the the leads will all be women which is super awesome especially since uh, i don't know kate scott offhand but aj malesko is excellent aj did a ton of games during the bubble last year for the nhl the stanley cup playoffs and did an amazing job and Catherine tappan is universally amazing so yeah i wonder what the official situation would be for the game because there are you know a lot of female officials that have been doing work for nwhl and ostensibly could just shift over to do the same high quality hockey but i haven't read anything about that yet neither have i if we hear anything about it we'll obviously let you you folks know as soon as possible this will be an excellent showcase of the women's game of women's players the Mm -hmm. pwhpa is made up 
primarily of Olympians and mm-hmm. national team players. So that will be there will be some high quality hockey being played. Yeah, really interested in to see how theirs compares in probably very subtle and hard to tell ways to the NWHL season we just saw. The NWHL did some cool stylistic things with the lavender ice and the neutral zone. And, you know, wonder if the PWHPA is going to find their own kind of interesting twists. Hopefully they take a page from the NWHL and stream those on Twitch as well, because the Twitch streams for the NWHL were wildly successful. And hopefully they can kind of tap into that market as well. Or just broadcast the fun the way that NWHL did. Like it just seemed yeah. fun. And yeah, I hope that this game later today is going to be just as fun. You know who's not having fun? Well, looking at the notes for the rest of our, our, our episode today, many of these people, but I think you have a certain way that you want to go with this. Uh, I was going to say Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner's not having fun. We just talked last week about how he's easily got one of the worst contracts in the league. And like somehow it got worse this week. He's been scratched not once. Not twice. Thrice. Thrice. And did he play today? I don't don't know. He's practicing. Oh, Um, well, that's good. Yeah, I haven't looked to see if he played today. I mean, I don't know if Buffalo played today, judging from the score that they put forth. So, uh, (laughs) Oh, oh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo, no. Jeff Skinner is a talented player. In theory, we saw nine-ish seasons of him being a very good NHL player. Mm -hmm. So to see him fall off a cliff in this way, it's alarming. Yeah, I mean, apparently, you know, the undercurrents that sent these types of things in motion have been there. He has not gotten along with the coach in some respect for some time, apparently. You know, of course, that's only one of the things you like here come out now. But yeah, people close to the team are like, oh, yeah, they don't like each other. Seems like a lot of people aren't a huge fan of the coach in Buffalo. So yeah, I mean, Also, losing will do that to you and put people at odds pretty quickly, especially when the expectations have been a lot higher for a lot of reasons around that team. Whether or not, you know, they were super warranted, we're finding out now. But, you know, we talked about the Buffalo Nassance when Taylor Hall came to town and Buffalo Bills are doing great. And, you know, now Buffalo Bills lost in the playoffs. I mean, well, competing, but the Sabres are circling the drain again the sabers are currently the last place team in the east which we thought would probably go to the devils but the devils are ahead of them on points and have Mm -hmm. two games in hand on them so it's it's not looking great for them so far no and they look god awful like if you compare real bad if you look at the devils the devils look fast the devils look dangerous you know uh pk suban isn't putting up gaudy numbers but he is locking down on the back end and ty smith is fun jack hughes is fun miles wood miles wood is fun and zajac is solid and and pavel zaka looks like he is going to score every time on the ice and buffalo doesn't have that taylor hall looks out of control like victor olison looks good but he's you know he's probably the best thing that team has right now Listening to Puck Soup this week, they spent a long time talking about, well, what happens when like this experiment ends and Jack mm-hmm. Eichel is now thoroughly upset. Right. If he isn't already. You know, if you trade him, you're going to get a lot back for him. Yeah. He's and- a center. He's a, he's a bona fide 1C. He's young. His contract isn't great. It's not a, it, unreasonable it, either. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a fine contract for a 1C of his caliber, but it's hard to make that trade work without taking something back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, Skinner's not yeah. tradable, so... Skinner is not tradable at all, at least without taking, you know, the, the maximum amount you can back. Rasmus Ristolainen's maybe tradable, but not for what but he he's would good. have been worth... 
years ago. Yeah, but I would tag- you got to start selling off this team for parts and keeping Darlene is probably would be my priority over Ristolainen. Ristolainen. Yeah, absolutely. Risto is older. I would take Ristolainen on the Red Wings in a heartbeat. I love oh, that absolutely. guy. He's such a dick. It's <laughs> great. This is probably an off-season topic, but you know, is it time to blow up the Buffalo Sabres? And- I think it's an in-season topic. I think they should blow it up now. I don't think there's anything to be left. And also, you know, Taylor Hall was always trade bait, so let's move him. Taylor Hall, you, you have to trade Taylor Hall. You have to get rid of him. You're not going to keep him unless he's super thrilled playing on the left of Eric Stahl yeah. on the second line. I think you're absolutely right. If Rist- Risto has been rumored as a trade piece for years now. But that's just because he would slot in pretty well on any other team. He's like a relatively easily moved commodity, I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be weird yeah. this offseason and we'll see what happens as the trade deadline kind of ramps up i i don't foresee jack eichel being traded at least not this season not in season Mm -hmm. he's not the kind of guy that gets traded at a trade deadline no you're right i don't don't think eichel goes anywhere but i think maybe other pieces go and you know he starts to get pissed yeah Um, they can take last place in the league and get the fourth pick it'll be great (laughs) not at all bitter not salty about that at all are you no I, what is, I don't even know what salty means. <laughs> you know who was salty. So this is one of the funniest things that I think I've, I've seen in hockey in a while. <laughs> what a lame piss baby. <laughs> and I, I've been on Twitter kind of lurking, trying to see what prompted this. And St. Louis fans are like, oh, you don't even know what happened. You weren't on the ice. You need to shut up. Jordan's our piteous baby. I don't, I don't, I don't baby. know what happened. Tell me. Uh, he I, got pulled for sucking. Who? Jordan Bennington. Oh, yeah. He was terrible last night. <laughs> he's so, also still like, what, 23? He's young, but like, he's still a lame piss baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, just he, he, So he gets pulled and skates off the ice down in like the far corner so he skates across the entirety of the rink as he's skating he like fake punches three guys trying to start some shit i guess <laughs> it's so embarrassing to watch like, You're embarrassed I've, for him like it's an legit like i'm embarrassed moment. for his parents <laughs> is what it is you know they're sitting at home going oh, we told him better than this yeah thank god we weren't at that game yeah the opposing goalie devin dubnik <laughs> mm. on bennington I don't know why he's skating around pretending to punch guys. I told him to get off the ice. He's 165 pounds swinging guys, fake punching guys. <laughs> like Just like lays it out there. Bennington, I mean, nobody wants to get punched across the face by a blocker. Nobody wants that. Also, a blocker softer than... Yeah, but like, have you ever been punched straight by a by a blocker? It fucking hurts. Oh yeah, you. It's not great. So like, yeah, but it's it's not great getting punched by. But he's like just like skating up to people and like doing the like two for flinching maneuver. Like, like yeah, it's so childish. Yeah, it's it, it's like he watched Stand by Me <laughs> and was like, oh, they play this game the whole time. I'm gonna play that game tomorrow when I play hockey, which I do <laughs> for a living and make millions doing. It's absolutely ridiculous. And hopefully he has like a grown up talk with himself. <laughs> and says you know what this was a little stupid this was a little ridiculous and i am a more professional person than this especially since 
he is in line for a mega deal this offseason, and he should be acting like an adult. I'm sorry I'm distracted. There is a corgi on the porch across the street from us, and oh, yeah. what, a, what a little Yeah, he's, he's really cute. Yeah. He's, he's like kind of old and chubby, too. Oh, the best corgis are old and chubby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got the booty wig. Oh, they're, mm-hmm. just, they're just great. Maybe somebody sits him down and says, you know, Jordan, you have to be an adult now. This... This is not an adult Jordan. We need where's the big kid pants Jordan to be playing goalie for our team. We traded away your backup this offseason because we thought you would be adult Jordan. This is not adult Jordan. And then just maybe like pats him on the back, gets him some warm milk and, you know, just makes him feel better about himself so he can come back to the rink focused and energized the next day. <laughs> He got me thinking, you know who he really needs is uh, the daily affirmation guy from SNL. Which Jack is, Handy? No, uh, Stuart Smalley Stuart is, is Smalley. Al Franken. Yeah. Uh, now, now politician, Al Franken. Now, now former politician, Al <laughs> well, Franken. Well, yeah. You know, when he's talking to Michael Jordan saying, you're worthy. You can do better. Because <laughs> like, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And, and doggone, doggone it. People, people like, like me. <laughs> And if people didn't know we are in our mid to late 30s by this point, now they do. <laughs> Speaking of people in their mid to late 30s. Heinrich Lundqvist, man. Back on the ice. What was it? Uh, like six weeks? A month after having open heart surgery? Yeah, I think he's at six weeks or so now. Yeah, he he didn't take an official practice, but he put on the pads and blocked some shots and looked good doing so and put the video online. So it's really amazing to be a part of this guy's journey through social media. I wasn't expecting that to uh, be a feature of this. I mean, I guess maybe I should have. Well, he's also, I mean, he's trying to get another contract apparently, right? Like he had a one-year deal Mm -hmm. with the Caps this year. Yeah. Didn't work out for various reasons, obviously. I guess, yeah. So it is is a bit of a PR move. It's a bit of a PR move, but... Even if Henrik Lundqvist never plays in the NHL again, this is great to see. It's great mm-hmm. to see somebody who has been a standout, like a stand-up human, really, for his entire career, like always respected, never never went full Tony D'Angelo. Oh, oh, I guess if that's the bar we're setting for people, then we've really just got to reframe. But or, like Tony D'Angelo wouldn't have picked shit with Lundqvist, you know? Lunkers Nobody probably would have, like, kicked his ass. <laughs> well, I mean, I think most people could. Speaking of people, did, did you see Milan Lucic beat the shit out of Austin Watson? No, but that's <laughs> epic. so good. I'm no Milan Lucic fan, but Austin Watson's great. a fucking douchebag. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you fucking wife, woman beating scum. So... Did he say that? That would have been hilarious. If he did. No, he, I, I, he threw him like he was a trash bag that you were throwing into a dumpster that was 20 <laughs> feet away. He tossed him as if he weighed nothing. And I was like, Oh, I got to check this. I out. was like, man, Milan Lucic is really fucking strong. <laughs> like, he is. Yeah. He's so, kind of a player for another era. Really. Yeah. If Milan Lucic would have been, w- would have been like a 600 goal scorer in the eighties. Yeah. Or nineties or 2000. Yeah. He's what the power forward used to be as opposed to what mm-hmm. it's turning into. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, you know who aren't fighting? It's the Kachuk brothers. Well, that's not totally true. Well, they're they're, you know, hitting each other and stuff like 
hockey players do, but apparently they fought enough as children and they're not going to fight while they're playing a five-game series with each other. That didn't stop Brady from picking a fight with the captain of Matthew's team, though. No. Yeah. But so that's, he, I mean, Brady fights people. That's what he does. And also, I, yeah. They, also, Matthew fights people. And Keith said in an interview, yeah, you know, I mean, their mother would be really disappointed if they fought. I think they know better than to, to you know, put each other's careers in danger like that. And like, I think Matthew came out in the media and said, yeah, we're not going to fight. People that are hoping for us to fight are idiots. It would be interesting if there was like this massive brawl mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like the Kachucks came together. And they every raised while, fisticuffs like a, like a 1920s like they were about, boxer. Like they were about to get in a Donnybrook, <laughs> but then realized who who they were about to fight and then just put their hands down or shook hands and like yeah. found somebody else to pummel. Or did like a rock, paper, scissors or Ooh, arm wrestle. Rock, paper, scissors would be legit. They're just in the middle of the maelstrom like... They drop gloves and go rock, paper, scissors. Oh, man. I Somebody did that once in like a charity game I was a part of. But in the last game, Brady Kachuk picks a fight with Mark Giordano. And not a guy that you usually pick a fight with. But yeah. I mean, you know, it, if you get, it's easy to get pissed off at a defenseman that's probably shutting you down. They pan to or they take another camera and it's Matthew sitting on the bench, <laughs> chewing on his mouth guard, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> These two guys, man, they're great. They make me so happy. Uh, There was also, before the game, they were on either sides of the red line chatting and warming up and stretching and tim stutzla comes up and and the quotes were like oh when (laughs) when when bay meets the fam (laughs) (laughs) that's cute so like it's it's really uh the kachucks are a treasure i feel like i missed the boat on loving brad marchand and so now that we have the kachucks in our life they're so incredibly hateable (laughs) but also there's just like this kind of splendid joy in watching them being muckrakers throughout the throughout the the north right now. Yeah, you get mad at them like a sibling. You want to yes. wrestle like you know Brady and and Matt did as kid. So before we step away, we'll end with childhood fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I bef- bet you had good ones. Oh gosh, my brother and I. When my brother got bigger than me, that's when we stopped fighting. Which was when did he surpass you? Uh, it was probably 1920 somewhere oh, okay. there so you had a lot of evenly matched no no it was me being he grew like overnight oh yeah so oh, like okay. and i was like oh he's bigger than me now yeah hey we're best friends now <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden you became really good at diplomacy yeah we had we had one last fight <laughs> and well i won't get into the specifics of it but like we had one last fight and afterwards i was like well this is dumb he's big now <laughs> it's not nearly as much fun <laughs> so now we just now we just make fun of other people i ha- I once had a girlfriend ask me so what are you and your brother like when you're together and i my response was mean <laughs> we're really mean to people you're just mean girls so before we go though i do want to plug evan put in a lot of work on cultivating and bringing together library of inclusive hockey resources on our website handsomehockey.com and you should really check it out. There's a ton of stuff. We're going to continue to add to it. 
if anybody out there in the listenership has something that they read or listen to or watch or that or a movement or a cause that we should be paying attention to, mm-hmm. let us know. We'd love to add it to that list. But kudos to Evan for all of the hard work that he put in on that. It's, it looks really good. It, it's across the main banner of the web page. If you are on a desktop, if you are on a mobile device, click on the menu and bring it up. Take a look through there. There's some really great stuff and awesome job, Evan. Oh, Evan, thank you. I mean, it, in all honesty, it wasn't that much work, but I enjoyed it. And it's a lot of people that you can and should give money to if you're looking to do so. Some great people to listen to and some great things to watch and educate yourself about. Just how critical black players and women have been to hockey, um, but also you know how we can work to build a more just and inclusive and everybody-friendly hockey environment to play in. We would be remiss if on the last day of Black History Month, we didn't say that the contributions of black players to this game are immense. We talked about the Colored Hockey League last week. Mm-hmm. We talked about the one of my favorite Instagram feeds right now is the NHL Black 58, B-L-A-K, mm-hmm. not B-L-A-C-K. But they're wrapping up their series of the top 50 best black hockey players mm-hmm. in hockey history. Not just NHL history, hockey history. Uh, they're wrapping that up tomorrow, I believe. So they're going okay. and they're on like their top five right now. Check it out. There's some really great synopses of these careers there. And it's really awesome to learn about these players that maybe you didn't pay enough attention to in the past. Obviously, there's the Grant Fierers, there's the Jerome McGinley's, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of other players out there. The Mike Greer's, the Willie O'Ree's, you know, the Dale, the Dale, uh, Car- Dale Carnegie was yeah. really great to learn about. And it kind of has been a bit of a celebration, you know, that remembrance, education, all of it kind of wrapped into a celebration. I've learned a lot about the role of black hockey players this month, and I hope everyone else has too. So check out the links. You know, we don't get ad revenue from our website, so we're not sitting here saying go to our, we're not here to drive clicks or anything like that. I guess we could do that at some point, but we aren't doing it yet. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, don't give us money by clicking on our website, but do go there, check out those inclusive hockey links. There's some great stuff there. You know, immerse yourself in the, this movement to make hockey literally for everyone we want everybody to feel comfortable regardless of their their gender their skin color their race ethnicity their socioeconomic status like we want everybody to feel as comfortable in hockey as we two straight white men do and so the best thing we can do from our position of privilege is to work to spread that privilege out to more people and so that's one of the avenues or one of the main things that we're hoping to accomplish with this podcast. And hopefully our listenership can get behind that and can really kind of dive in as we are and following this journey of learning and understanding and creating a more inclusive community in hockey. So thanks so much for listening. This has been our 21st episode and we have been motivated by a lot of the feedback we've received so far and would really value any feedback that anybody can provide us. You can find us at handsomehockey.com, Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter. We are handsomehockeypod at gmail.com. Also, Handsome Hockey Facebook page. And you can find the podcast to listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Red Circle, and probably some other places I can't even think of. 
if you find us somewhere else, please let us know so we can. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, for joining us on this journey. And that's really what it is for us. You know, we're learning, we're experiencing new things. It's a journey and couldn't be happier to have you with us. So thank you and stay handsome, everybody. Forgot my one fucking moment. (laughs) Uh, Restez beau. Tous les jours. Bye, everybody.